You're listening to Outside Radio. Hello and welcome to Ugly Girls Club on Outside Radio. Thank you to everyone who's listening for joining the show. Last week we had Thomason, aka Atome, all the way from Nigeria, talking about women in media, some of the challenges she goes through running her own publication in business, and her publication, Lucid Lemons. I really hope everyone enjoyed that convo and learned so much as I did. As we all know, the point of the of the podcast is women in different parts of the world who have the same things, go through the same experiences, but probably have like a different lens through it. So I really hope you enjoyed that conversation and related or learned from some of the things she spoke about, about running a, a business as a black woman. So this week, we are talking about Women's Month in South Africa. Um, if you are in South Africa, we just had um, the 9th of August, which is celebrated Women's Day, which is, is a significant day in our history. And we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to talk about Women's Month. We're going to talk about what this means in our communities as black women. Does it, does it mean anything? You know, like what what is women's math to the average woman? And the person or representative of the organization that I will be speaking to today to talk through this subject with us is Okuche from Magunyewe once. Like I really love that. Like Kanyeke. I really, you know what I'm saying? I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) Welcome, Okushe. Thank you, Nicole. So honored, and um, thank you for reaching out to us and inviting us on your platform. And yeah. Yes, no, for sure. And you know, as women and all women, you know, these days you have to specify and let people know we mean all women you know that we need to come together we need to work together and if we're all for the same cause why not you know okay please uh tell our listeners who you are where you're from what's your history what's your journey to this current moment okay so as you had mentioned my name is okay um, I'm Okusha Josohu. I am actually a filmmaker, documentary filmmaker, based in Port Elizabeth, Eastern Cape. So for me personally, I'm just going to speak about myself personally and then kind of talk about the, the organization of Makunyewe once. And yeah, so I'm a documentary filmmaker, been doing documentaries for maybe about six, six years, six years in experience. Um, I've been focusing mainly on black narratives for, with my documentaries, um, but mainly focusing on wo- women empowerment, women taking back their power, but also understanding the historical context of what kind of led us to where we are now. I usually grapple around the themes of like post-apartheid generation, how are they still grappling with the historical residues and how we're surviving and most importantly how are black women surviving through those uh, situations and narratives of uh, where we are today and then um, not too long ago 
myself and Uli Temba, who is an amazing multi-visual artist who studies every state uh, university. Um, such a smart young lady. Uh, we came together, I think, maybe weeks back to create this organization called Makunyiwe Once. Um, for those who don't know what Makunyiwe Once means, direct translation <laughs> is fuck it up at once. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fucking shit yeah, up. Yeah, fucking shit up at once. And yeah, our stance is about like abolishing toxic masculinity, abolishing patriarchy, and just trying to compile an exit strategy for women, black women who are the most oppressed, the most extinct species on this planet to take their power back um and yeah however that however that way means like we're no longer going to be peaceful about it we're no longer going to ask about it i think we've been asking for Minyaga. 1956 the women in uh, who marched 9th of august they were nice about it again mm. when the uh, marikana and the women were marching they were nice about it but what we're here to say is that our generation my generation the millennials the cool kids we're not gonna be nice about yes. it and something has uh, gotta give and that's yeah that's what it is that's who we are yes i like how you say um black women are the most extinct um species on this planet because it's so true we we expected to go through um, so much we expect it to be like the backbones of all the communities um, our communities white people's homes white people's businesses um, but at the same time our needs are never met we are never seen um, it's a very shocking but true statement yeah. so now you guys as being like two young women yeah. in your description you say two queer young women yeah. so let me let me you know stick to that yeah. so people get the framework where we are yeah. two queer young women like how are you finding this experience isn't it like daunting so like how are you, you two finding that experience of taking on such a a huge this big yeah cloud of nonsense right and you guys are trying to break it down like how how does that feel well i think what really helped myself and really Tamba is that already like individually we were very we, we we post a lot of advocacy in the work that we do we really care about black women like we really really care about black we love black women um and the real kind of love like sometimes it's set up look at my black woman is this is anxiety or sometimes that can be self um sabotage just in general for the whole community at large but we love black women um and so you know individually within our visual communications and art or however way we express ourselves we've been about um protecting and you know fighting for black women and our voices to be heard so when it came when we came together to in this collaboration it was just like it fit so well we were on the same frequency we were on the same wavelength 
and um, when I had approached Uli Temba about my idea, we had been following each other, and we're not actual friends, we're just following each other on Instagram, liking each other's mm-hmm. posts here and there, and I had reached out to her and be like, yo, let's start an abolition, and then she replied yes. like seconds later, fuck yeah, we started abolition. <laughs> So like our frequencies were always like we're always on the same page with everything. So it's been quite easy working alongside with her and we've been complimenting each other very well. In terms of the dauntingness, eh, well it's daunting, but somebody somebody's gotta do it. No, not true that. Um and you know, like for me personally, my ideal world. I just want to be in my house, in bed, Netflixing and getting stoned all day, but I get pissed off, you know, <laughs> like, and I'm the kind of, we are the kind of people that we have to do something, you know, we can't just decide. And yes, the, the journey of this kind of work is very daunting. It's not for the faint hearted, but, but what leads us and what keeps us going is that we understand that Lomsebenzi is a ministry Gawa. so it's not about us we are just being used by something greater than us and we're for vessels vessels so the thing is you know but then when i when i was growing up i realized but no man some of these messages in the churches are so limited and restrictive actually a ministry can be outside of it ministry can be outside of religion ministry can be through art you know through what we're doing this is a form of ministry and um we've aligned ourselves we are constantly making sure our spirits are pure we are constantly making sure that our egos are not involved which is hard because i mean we are using social media as a platform and social media you know it has its own demons you know yes yes yeah so it's constantly say it's constantly making sure that we are aligned and that we are always being used and knowing that banner there's a greater a greater purpose and um yeah just being faithful to that at all times and just touching quickly on the demons of social media you know when i went on your page i mean i didn't even think about it you know because i was just like yes but you know like you said abanya bandu might not be as receptive to the ministry to the to the visuals the communication that you guys are are putting out there and especially i i i for it's not it's not palatable you know what i'm saying it is what it is and it's either you're down for it or not what are some of like the backlash that you've gotten like do you even get backlash i mean people need to chill if you do well actually you know what we haven't gotten a much backlash it's just mainly been um also yeah of the spirit you know you always everything always happens at the right time when people are ready to receive it so with in terms of feedback it's predominantly positive feedback um we have a lot of young women saying yes this is what we needed this is what i need and i think that's where we are right now in essay a lot of women need something that is going to help them express their frustration, their anger. Because that's another thing. We're not allowed to be angry. 
you're not allowed to be frustrated yeah but you know whenever we get into these quarrels you always get told as a woman don't be sensitive don't be overly emotion emotional yes so now we put Martin Yue once we are saying no we have all the rights to be rational angry to be angry to be frustrated because that's how we feel and that should be okay yeah understand and we should not be gaslit or patronized in how we are feeling so in terms of e feedback it's mainly been very positive feedback but then um i think throughout the process of continuing what we're doing with Mapunyue once we're hoping that you know there's going to be more support so it's not a the support about just liking a post or you know posting or sharing but now it has to be at some point it has to leave social media and it has to be mm. actual activities and demonstrations that are social that are solution driven um uh event ventures you know to building infrastructures that we can see there are going to help uh victims of gender based violence are going to help women you know um uplift women you know in in in, in all sorts of um forms financially um uh psychologically spiritually you know that's where we are heading towards um so that's i think the the weird thing we are trying to grapple with but we're just trying to say you know it's just so more calm down you know everything is there yes. you know so surely little by little we are building towards um the final mission i really like that i really like the 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 need the need for you guys to also have some tangible results yeah. i think earlier on i was speaking to a really nice girl from the uk yeah. and we were talking about like the return of the diaspora to africa yeah. and we were talking about just like how we need to support each other more mm-hmm. you know as um the black community because imagine if more people gave to the organization like how far we would be you know like or in future you know if we all just continue to have each other's backs like how much further and how much also a bit quicker we can organize you know and create these branches that you speaking of that you would really love to create um in the near future so going back to the 9th of august you know in south africa you've touched on it already yeah. the women's march against the passport and yeah. aka donbass yeah. you know in our history in apartheid um i'm not going to go into that much if you not sure what we're talking about in terms of the passbook system we have a post on outside radio about it or you can just google and yeah. you'll find out yeah. about it as well so if you if we look at the 1956 march night um 9 august how significant do you think that the the gathering of women and in an organized gathering of women whether it was aggressive passive how do you think that was like a, a really monumental moment in um the apartheid sphere and i asked this because in apartheid you know a lot of our the apartheid leaders that come out now post 94 have all been met right yeah. you know in that context yeah. so how important was 
that movement for the community. So I think what's very, very important to understand is that 1956 on the 9th of August, and the days leading to that moment, women, okay, because a lot of, I think people are, are, are rather a bit miseducated about what that moment was about. Um, their husbands and their fathers were leaving homes to go work at the mines. Yeah? And then in like they were their families were being broken. Black families were being broken apart because of this. So Abba Mama, they came together as a collective, fighting for their families, fighting for their 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 their, their men, the husbands. Bana that um Lendabaya Dompas is breaking up families. We need to eliminate it so we can see our husbands, the fathers of our children, and um, maintain this black family infrastructure. So that's first and foremost the most important thing. So one thing to understand about the history of black women, particularly Upper South Africa, and in terms of the activism and struggle, it has always been for the black man. Yes. Winnie Matikizela, same thing. You know, we wouldn't know Nelson Mandela wouldn't be relevant today if it wasn't for Winnie Matikizela, who fought and made him relevant and remembered while he was in Robben Island. So that is the history that we have. Same thing with the Marigana, the women in Marigana. They were marching and protesting, fighting for Udoni, the men that were killed, justice for the men that were killed. So that's a very interesting um, uh, fact to, to understand. And that's always something that I reflect on call whenever that 9th of August hits. But historically, we do not have any evidence of men fighting for us. For sure. Okay? So for me, whenever I reflect on the 9th of August, 1956, those are the, those are the, 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 the things that I think about. Okay? Yes. I commend Omama Bay to and still, you know they you know they literally black women are the backbone of any 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 and every society. It is always built on us. I mean we are the most educated, we are the most hired, and quite interestingly enough, Wogu, with this economic crisis that we are currently in, is that three million jobs are lost. Ne? And two million of those three million jobs are occupied by black women so that's an interesting factor to understand ne? so for me as a young person now reflecting on those things I'm at a point where as black women we need to start fighting for ourselves we need to start fighting for ourselves and the first start is first we need to fight off lender by gender based violence vigorously no, we need to not show any mercy don't, so we can eliminate this gender base because I feel like it is the root distraction of our greatness as black women. Because if we were to eliminate all of this, you know, fear, fear of walking in the streets, fear of um, staying in a relationship, oh yeah, Zibana is not good for you, but you don't need your financial uh, power. All of those things are prohibiting us from being great. Yeah? And I do not think that is a coincidence. It's a systematic thing that is embedded to ensure that black women 
trans women, Stay. queer women, anything outside of the male patriarchal cisgender nonsense, um, mm. we are distracted. Because hopefully mm. they even did the study that whenever you feed a man, you'll feed his own stomach. But if you feed a, feed a woman, you feed a whole generation. That's just naturally who we are. Yeah, understand. So those are the things that I reflect on every 9th of August. And those are the things that I always say every time I post something and I'm like, fuck women's month. We're more than a month. We're more than a year. We're more than a couple of days. We are eternal. We are everything. And then also in capitalism, buy time we commodify and they sell shit. Of and course. that's the thing is like influencers who are women you're being irresponsible if you are taking money from brands to commodify on a, a theme of women's month ne? when you know but after august ain't nobody gonna give a shit about us exactly because i was going to ask after this question like what what real significance does this have on us, on me, on you, yeah. on your next door neighbor, you know, the 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 whole rhetoric of women's mouth, yeah. um, women standing together, yeah. women unite, you know, SAB doing adverts yeah. about the PSAs, but then they still bumping alcohol yeah. in areas where there's not even water yeah. but a black table you call yeah. you know <laughs> like what what real significance does this have or not have at all i mean and i mean the significance to me is only and the, it's unfortunate because we have so much noise in the world but the significance should be that we need to reflect on where we've been and how far we still have to go you know if we were to look at the 9th of August and reflect that way, Bana, we, ha- we still have a long way to go because we're still having the same conversations about, you know, our womb- our mothers were having. And in fact, some might argue that, in fact, maybe it was better during the apartheid era because, you know, in the gender-based violence, they could walk, they want to plow, and you bright. Where now it's like people and they could travel, you know. It wasn't it wasn't a huge thing as as now. And the thing is, it's like it's quite ironic because now we're living in a free post post colonial post apartheid era. But why are we having these issues still now? Mm. Mm. Of like why why these issues um, heightened. Um, now, um, it's not necessarily to say it wasn't happening, but it's way, it's much more heightened right now. And then also because your organization like speaks to um, the queer community, how I mean, like, how do you feel about the fact? Because I mean, I think it's a bit like janky um, about the fact that um, there's sort of a they, no one is paying attention to the queer community during this time you know what I'm saying because I mean there's no real emphasis on saying all women so when you say all women yeah. queer women transgender women cis head women you know what I'm saying like how do you feel because I mean I've, I haven't seen a campaign in our country that speaks to the the queer community yeah. 
at all? Um, I think mainly that thing also begins because also, you know, we don't see queer women as women. We don't consider them as women, you know. Um, even if with a uh, trans trans woman, you know, they're oppressed it. You know, mm. oh, oh mama. You know, like are you calling two yens so that's where the problem is and that's why again included into the campaigns or seen as women and that's that's problematic and that we need to address that yes. we, we don't hold space for that negativity we we are rep- we are want to be representatives to all women whether you're trans queer non-binary femme all of it it's in there because essentially we're all being oppressed né? and and some might argue even more so if on top of that you add a queer femme or non-binary to identity or understanding so but mainly for me it's like if if women aren't accepting of you know that group then there will always be a disconnect in terms of representation of like all black women and don't we're not there yet né? and in fact you know like e- e- queerness and lgbtqi now you have commodify in its own you know, when they have a, a gay parade or whatever now you have commodify but it's unfortunate because whenever they talk about lgbtq they leave out the how it is how it's even harder to be black and you know yes queer yes and you cannot separate the two so um there's so much to be done and um not as marketing ones we're doing our research and at some point we want to start holding um conversations and dialogue um if we're holding space for trans women queer women to speak their piece you know um but now to also trying to you know research and making sure that we are aware and that is going to come with a lot of dialogue and conversations with you know experts within that uh, area area yeah i think you know as brands brands have and you know we talk about commodifying um black spaces i mean they've always commodified our spaces from the moment mm. of interaction we were sold we were bought we were taken across the seas you know like our whole existence yeah. with the white person has it's just chair exploitation and being commodified yeah. right so I think as brands, right? The brands that like I said earlier like SAB, XYZ, um who who get most of their money from black communities yeah. um should be doing more, I think. Yeah. Like it's it's not just about an ad campaign. Yeah. So you know, like it's it's important that they speak to us. Yeah. You know, we need more actionable points from these brands for us to continue. And Tina, I think we have like privilege to say no to some things. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh no, I'm not going to support this because of X, Y, and Z. You know. Um, I remember when I was studying at first year. Um, at this lecture, I was like the only black guy there, and 
just a really frustrating time of like my youth, you know, just being in institutions that are just white-led and just we're not holding space for my black ass. Um, and he said something that always stuck with me is that it's redundant trying to ask um, permission or, or help from the very same people who benefit from us being oppressed, you know. So yes. these brands benefit from women being oppressed because if you have a community that is fragile, vulnerable, in fear, oppressed, no sense of power, I mean, that is capitalists, you know, basically dream. Thrive you know, on it. They thrive on that. So it's beneficial for them to have us as Zanzi, yeah, understand it, so that every year they can come in in August and then, you know, sell their things, says, talking about women's man, don't, 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 don't. Uh, mm. So the really, the onus is on us as women, particularly Tina, well, uh, uh, black girls as as fundile you're occupying these professional you know we're making our money and you know like we can for instance like Wonang Wonang needs to stop she needs to have brands where she says no to mm. you understand like I'm looking a lot at these influencers like guys there's brands that are very contradictory to then we're going to post a Mantra, happy woman's month all about women don't, don't, but you're supporting and you're aligning yourself with brands that contradict that whole narrative so I think that's the that's the era that we are living in eh? and once guys like just need to really like at some point light a fire and burn everything because everything is a mess everything is a mess and in order to put things together we need to break everything apart and that's that journey it's going to be uncomfortable we're going to have our livelihoods under threat hence why it's so important for us to to become a unity unified and create community so that it doesn't have the power there's someone to hold her hold that person yes yes but the, the, for as long as we are divided, we way forward. It's about We way forward. It's about and, and, you know, talking about the black women constantly supporting black men, mm. right? Do you, do you think it's time? Because, I mean, black men, if we're talking about, like, let's say rape, for instance, right? A lot of black men will be quick to excuse that best friend or excuse themselves because like yo yo i'm not a rapist he is you know what i'm saying instead of just taking the role of support you know or standing behind black women like what what do you think needs to change in that system of the black man um standing behind us black women because if you notice right like uh and this is a very very basic example but if a white woman is going through the most a white man will come running and be like excuse me what are you doing to our lovely gentle delilah you know what i'm saying how can we get that from our men because we are constantly just yeah we're feeding them you know so for me and i think it's just really unfortunate and i'm at a place in whereby 
I'm a daughter A too, guys, are a lost cause. They are a lost cause. And this is a it's a really harsh reality. And it, it, it doesn't come from a, a, a space of like anger or just like ignorance. It's just it's just from a space of knowing um, and uh, experiencing bana and understanding and empathizing with black men. But see, I understand that historically Amadota to have been oppressed and emasculated by this mm-hmm. uh, racist uh, systematic um, uh, apartheid policies that we have and we very much understand that you know from apartheid you know and the cold boys you know and then evidently what does that do to the psychology of a black man goes home and in order to feel empowered and feel their power again beats you understand so more than anything we empathize with our black men that's why we've, we've coddled them for so many years you know that's why we've protected them for so many years. But I think at some point, something has got to give. Something has got to give. Ne? Um, so I am not uh, hopeful or optimistic that we can ever change black men and convert them into serving black women and, and um, fighting for us because... Yeah, they're damaged. They're so damaged. Yo, I'm currently working. We're currently working on a documentary on masculinity alongside Ustawamu, who's writing this documentary. Um, we had a conversation last night, a live conversation on the Magniwe page about toxic masculinity. And through the course of this journey of making these docu series for SABC One, it's just it's just so messed up. It's deep, you know. And the days of black women being burdened by rehabilitating this these men it should be over because really it's just emotionally taxing and what's happening is that as black women we are changing okay? we're we are being ripped out of our nurturing we are being ripped out of our our compassion because we are rehabilitating these men and all our attributes as women is being called to these men you yeah, understand and we don't have much left towards each other you know and now we become harsher to each other you understand so i think at some point you know with every woman with every black woman we need to start making a decision you know? something has to something has to burn it, it's either it's either you when i'm fuzzy or i'm a daughter that's literally where we're at now there's absolutely no in between. There's no middle ground. We are in two very much extreme um, worlds, and the only way to survive is being the other extreme. Um, I can like have you know personal experiences with you know heterosexual men and just being fucking traumatized like my body just traumatized you know interacting in these spaces and the more qualified i get the more learning i get the more i'm building the more i realize but evidently if i continue to interact and place myself in relationships with cis heterosexual men something has to be compromised within myself okay? something needs to 
something needs to be sacrificed and i need to and now i have to make a decision am i going to do that or am i going to just fuck it you know mm. and i think you know like when you say like we're living in two completely different worlds um for some and you know i think the like the media space the documentary space the podcast space yeah. you know it's a very um privileged space it's a very like middle class space yeah. you know so when you think of the middle class in general like this is like a generalization right um you think of um like most people have been to school um most people have received a university degree you know or if they didn't they started a business or you know like they abantu ba move forward in life right um despite the middle class um economical grapples yeah. that we have right so if i you know i always i just i just cannot excuse it like if i can go out there and read i can go out there and converse you know never mind reading just being in different spaces and talking to different people yeah. you know and i can learn and grow why why can't men do the same cuz even for us like our moms or our grandparents you know they've been through so much violence yeah. in their life in, through the apartheid system maybe through their boyfriends yeah. you know there's just been a lot of violence around them and then sometimes maybe they project that violence right and then when i was done and you can say but you know what i really don't want this for yeah. myself you know and you are able to change so why is this not possible for males like how how is the system different for them yeah. you know i think that's where i'm just like i i can't excuse the lack of support yeah. um and some of the things that happen you know like we 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 can blame and blame and blame but you as a human being like when are you going to start taking accountability for your own actions you know because yeah. i think we need to understand like as women we're constantly building ourselves we're constantly self love you know constantly trying to better ourselves and working on ourselves you know even like oh mama bay to they have like oh mama bay they would counsel each other constantly but men men never do that and that's partially based on the fact that you know patriarchy allows men to not feel the need to build themselves to self reflect ne so now ngoku we need to understand these things and then ask ourselves why do we continue to interact and place ourselves in relationships with these men you know so mm. that to me is something really um a theme that I've just kind of been like grappling with and trying to figure out and counsel myself it is a journey you know i'm still learning and mm. figuring it out so yeah Yeah and then um I saw you guys do something on a patriarchy yeah. right and in the Hossa um initiation sense yeah. right so when are you in the Eastern Cape um you if if you are not of uh the Hossa culture or if you haven't heard 
um, of this process. There's a coming of age that young boys go through, depending where you are. It could be like 16, um, it could be 18, it could be like 20, 21 at the latest, you know. Um, a period where they go to quote-unquote the bush to go learn to be men, you know. Some come back as they were and some come back as like monsters that we've never knew could be (laughs) in their lives so do you care to explain a little bit about that project and um that the the stream of thoughts that you guys are are discussing within that space yeah so obviously like with Mark Newman once it's about abolishing patriarchal infrastructures that uh, victimize us as women, you yeah, understand? So mm-hmm. um with Uli Temba and I we had come up with these dialogues, these live dialogues. And this is part of like our greatest scheme of like, you know, where we were heading, where where we're going, you yeah, understand? And the first step to where we're going is like education like exchange of information um giving exposure to women amazing women who are doing the work the groundwork that no one really is talking about or cares to talk about um and basically try to decode or abolish this different little residues that kind of lead to the demise of black women okay? um so um is uh, I don't know how to kind of translate, but the mm-hmm is just kind of like you know whatever, fuck it, you know whatever, uh, like yes. type of thing. And, um, each Friday on the six uh, at six at six p.m. we have these live dialogues on our on our Instagram page, and uh, the first dialogue was mm-hmm to patriarchy where we had Olindo Bushe from an uh, um, Aphrodite, it's a, an MPO event uh, they're doing amazing groundwork as Lali with educating young girls and um, mentoring young girls um, and um, trying to make sure that young girls are queens and helping and supporting young girls within the small villages so that was Olindo Bushe and she spoke about uh, patriarchy and how it leads to gender based violence and we went in with that and then with the second uh, dialogue which we had Izolo we had our a guest Unoma Komazi Josopu who's a filmmaker uh, based here at Bai who's currently working on the project Leben Dukalelangayo on masculinity or Udodabalapa Eastern Cape so it was interesting to see like her journey in discovering why Tosa men are so toxic, yeah, I understand. So a lot of the mm. time we touch on uh, this uh, ritual of men going a chatting, yeah? and yes, I think there's definite relevance in that ritual um, when it first started out. You understand, but then now in this post-apartheid colonial era. Um, where patriarchy and toxic masculinity is just heightened, um, it's 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 worth it's worth questioning the relevance of it and also the relevance on how it's being conducted, right? So you have these men, ne, or dada, 
who you know appear when a, as a young man is 18 years old but pre that you know that person was not around yeah understand so even that that is something to talk about uh, and, and dissect right but Mm-hmm. Like go by yeah, and, yeah, and, to be and, and then all of the other yeah. Omar who have been raising his sons and have been there since day one yes. are placed on the back burner and then they kind of yes they're not allowed not allowed you know or you know which is which is also kind of a weird dynamic um and then you know a boy goes in and then uh, after like three weeks and then because obviously no dad the so now only man yeah understand so those are the things that perpetuate this weird toxic masculine behavior within men where they find within materialistic delusional things you know like okay so that means yeah understand or that means okay even that that that's the ritual banner you know like those things something something being done there that is creating these monsters ne, who were young, who, who were at once you know young boys young innocent boys and now they are being turned into men and maybe there's something to be said about the timing you know because oh. mm. also they're young yeah, so it's like yeah. very it's a very impressionable age exactly. especially our men are 16 mm. you know like because i know in the eastern cape by matric a lot of the boys doesn't matter if you are in private school or public school or no school you know and in cape town it's more of like at least finish matric you know then you can go to the bush so it's even like at younger ages you know yeah like people are very impressionable during that time already society is warped you know and then you you intensify it when you go through that system and even you know? a responsibility that you're not actually ready for mm. and that you mm. haven't actually earned you know yes because being a man yeah, because who does is more than just being a shatini and then you know going through some painful things and that you know that's it it's a continuous thing and i think with women our womanhood be very much aware of that you know we always know that womanhood is a continuous thing we're constantly growing we're constantly learning to be within our womanhood whereas with black men they don't really have that opportunity to constantly grow and learn and be you know the man that they should be supposed to be and then what actually ends up happening is that they end up going to that ritual and then and then and then at some point before you before you are 30 years old you plateau and then that's why you end up being amadoda who don't actually grow but then there's a mindset of a 20 you know 22 year old god i'm gonna say it <laughs> I know, I understand. <laughs> because this is the aren't aren't working gradually. Yes, there's no like growth, yeah, you know. No growth. It's just like a title that you're given, and then all of a sudden you need to fill that title, and you and you're not even allowed to ask. But how do I fill this title? 
you know, mm. because they get one one as weak, you know, you know. So it's it's really like when I say like I really empathize with black men, I really do empathize with black men. But in that, I understand that you know they they just the weaker <laughs> they're just the weakest link when it comes to fighting for the liberation of black people as a whole in our communities and i think the more opportunity we give to women to take leadership roles and gagade gagade also women we are a very matriarchal community we're very yes like sabona leaders like even with mm. filmmaking that you know in in my in my uh field I really noticed that working with women it's so much faster it's so much easier because we we, we problem solved and we got a lot of the time we don't know the jargon the technicality but we know how to solve problems and we know how to get to an end result you know efficiently like even with um Tosa women like in terms of e attire we are very masculine and then with Tosa men they are very feminine so mm. Um yeah the dynamics it's really screwed it's really upside down and what we know of like this weird gender roles even the even the ideology behind gender is problematic you know mm. and i don't think it existed in elakwasha back then when our ancestors were thriving pre-colonial times you know we didn't have a thing called gender you understand Mm. So and you know I always make that example of like our languages don't have him and hey, when, yeah yeah I understand I don't know if you're aware of the what happened at Rhodes the are you rapist yeah and all of that so that demonstration for me that started at Rhodes really as as a as a rape so a survivor really spoke to me you know like I I really felt like women were really just like how you say like new mm-hmm. ones they were fed mm-hmm. up they were they they didn't want to hear anything um from anyone but their voices you know do you think we need more of those yeah. types of demonstrations though like yeah. the just jay women speaking and being you know do you need do we need more of those yeah. i think honestly for me the women of south africa are just not angry enough like i think we can still be more angrier you know we can still be more frustrated and i think more than anything is that we fear judgment bana we're going to be seen as impractical irrational emotional sensitive all of these things ne abas business and and at some point it's just like guys like it's not even nuanced you know things it's like okay we get it like okay see emotional and then what what's wrong with being emotional you guys are not emotional enough and you're problematic yeah but you're causing all of this these problems this trauma um towards us so Yes, I mean demonstrations such like that they can be so much more of it, you understand? And we're hoping, you know, as Martin you once we are spearheading, you know, kind of like lighting the fire and then someone will say, "I got the fuel, bitch, let's do this." <laughs> let's go. Oh, you know, and yeah, set tandas and just hoping, you know, that's where we're heading because nyani like 
we haven't expressed um, the frustration and anger as much as we can and that's mainly because we are being gaslit that's mainly because yes. we are being told the feelings that you are um, um, aggressive um, they're not real, real. What are you complaining about? You're at Rhodes, you're at the University of Free State, mind your business, you should be happy to be here, you know, and all those things. And I think for me, that protest really was like, um, especially like at our age, like the first sort of, because I mean, it spread across all the campuses and the energy was the same throughout the campuses. Like it was the first, like, you know, fire you know fees must fall was wild but that that for me i think maybe because i'm i'm a survivor and it's women it's black women speaking like that that really was just like okay cool so that means like the space for like to continue this trailblaze you know and what disappointed me the most about those those protests like the same people that the women were standing up against were the same people who called like police vans on them when i saw rape survivors in a police van like i couldn't believe it i was like but <laughs> is this not what we're fighting like you know they only do that to black women eh? because this yes how society perceives black women um, you don't, you don't get the same um, empathy or sympathy, you know, um, because we're supposed to kinya yokindo. We're supposed to kinya yokindo. Even nalenda bakayimbo August, sizimbo koto. Fuck that, man. Asizimbo koto. We're human beings, you know, and exactly. we start seeing each other as human beings. Um, that do not have to be and be strong at all times um, is when we can start like just being radical and change shit you understand um, it's also just weird because like like I'm radical like that's why you hear <laughs> at some point we need to stop fucking opening our our legs for these men you know, we need to, we need to, you know, there's this protest to city, like, because, like, like, something's got to give. We can, we can no longer continue to give ourselves to, to things that are so tough. And I would know, this is from experience, you know, and I'm still trying to heal from my relationship, past relationships with men, you know, who are very toxic, who are very abusive, and that I continue to open myself to, you know, give myself to. And, um, you know, I'm still trying to, 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 to heal from that trauma, yeah, understand? Mm. So, we need to stop. We need to stop not as far as, like, take accountability um, and, 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 and value ourselves, value ourselves. Yes. Do not open yourself to a man that is not valuing you fully. So we've established Women's Month in ancient. It's not a thing. We can highlight as many women who are doing great things as we want yeah. throughout the month and all of that stuff. For you personally as Okuhle, what what would you want for the plight of the black woman 
to look like when we are turning on our televisions, when we are online? Um, what sort of representation do you want to see? And not just only this month, but in, in general, you know, um, throughout on a day-to-day basis. Like, what is it that you want the, the, the messaging to be? Yeah. So for me personally, as um, I am fighting towards seeing a day when my niece, um, Ula Tita, who is so special, can be free in all aspects um, and free and uh, free from fear, you know, free from fear from expressing herself you know, fear to wear whatever she wants, you know, without feeling like Kuzatwani or be do whatever she wants without feeling like Kuzatwani. Um and that is maybe something the fact that I am coming to terms that maybe I won't truly benefit from in my in my lifetime. But I'm fighting for the next generation. Yeah, I understand. So I want to see black women be happy and free, man. Like, if it's like, ooh, 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 to be intellectuals and, and talk and write think pieces, we can do that. But then if later that night we want to go twerk, we can do that too, you understand? Without feeling um, like our lives are in danger, you know? Um, I've lived in I've lived in country in the countries in Europe, you know, and as much as I don't like living amongst white people, which is like the, the hardest part of downfall, is the best thing about living there is being feeling safe. And it's so absurd, you know, something like just feeling safe can be something that you know so glorified doing all the way it's not a big thing you know it's n- there's nothing impractical or far-fetched about just feeling safe when you step outside of the house um you know i i want women to when they leave their home they don't have to calculate if negative or i don't need to like wear this or you know that's that's really what I want to see with black women. I want to see black women, all black women, represented first and foremost. There's representation of all black women, dark skinned women, trans women, all of us. You understand? Because even now, with capitalism commodifying off of like black beauty, black women, who are we seeing? We're seeing light skinned women. You know, even the law is also again, you know, dividing us even more. So. I want to see more diverse representations of black women, whether we are big, small, you know, titties, no titties, everything, it needs to be represented. So yeah, if there's one thing that I wish for black women, my lover is to stay free, and but freedom, spend the economic independence, because I'm telling you, if women had money, if women had money, Bingas would never would never stand for any of this shit. Would never. If women had money. I mean, for me, my privilege is that at least denial, low financial stability. Hence why that was an unbagged relationship. Tech. I understand. That's a lesson that my mom taught me, you know, why Pangela, when they're mad, 
So the more and more we are we're being stripped from our economic independence, the more and more we are reliant to these toxic men. We end up staying and you are staying in a relationship with you but so yeah, I just want women to be free, but most importantly, I want women to be economically independent. That is what I am fighting for. That is what Makunyiwe stands for: is to get to that place where we can be, we can support our own, so that we can make clear decisions on what to interact or what to place ourselves into, without the without the issue of mana zawiyadon zawiyapi. You know all of these these realities. And I'm not That's why they use money. That's why they use money to accumulate dons, and they can complain. Never fuzzy. All we want is money. Yeah, motherfuckers, because I'm sneaky and you're not giving us orgasms. You're not giving. So we're gonna want your money. Les <laughs> les So yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh, do you have um, any closing words that you'd love to leave with the ugly girls um, community? Yes. Before we say goodbye. Um. Yes. Thank you so much, Nika, for this opportunity. Um, I really, really appreciate. I mean, with Makunyiwe once, when we were, you know, over a glass of wine, getting drunk, thinking about Makunyiwe once, conceptualizing how we didn't, we didn't expect that it would get so much um, support, and you know, people are are um, supporting us, following the page, and. Um, reaching out and you know saying thank you for saying things that they've been thinking but not having the courage to say so um that has been really special and 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 it's been so good because that means that we're in the right place it means we're we're being used in vessels and that's just to me no one can take that away from us so wherever we end up in the fight you know no one can take away that and I just want to say to all the women who are listening to this, you're beautiful, you are worthy. And even when you don't think you're worthy, you are. And um, yeah, like, fuck patriarchy. <laughs> fuck that shit. Yeah. Yes, I had such a great conversation with you. I hope you, because, you know, I like to keep it chilled, yeah. um, conversational, because we don't want to exclude abandon you know um we don't want to come across as like textbooks you know so i really had a great chat i laughed i hope people are laughing too because <laughs> it was good and we need people like you guys we need people who are going to be radical because i mean polite people never changed no. anything you know what and I'm it's saying? so interesting that they always want women to be the polite like when men are exactly. aggressive they don't they're seen as the boss but when women do it it's like we're bitches or we're weak mm. so i mean that's also not a coincidence as well you know? yes yeah. yes no we need you guys to be in the forefront of the radicalness of putting women in, in the forefront of economy ourselves most especially ourselves 
important putting ourselves first in the society so thank you so much for joining us um to the outside radio listeners thank you so much for joining the podcast ugly girls club please do follow us on instagram it's outside radio with an underscore um or you can also follow us on spotify apple Podcasts, so you can get instant notifications when we upload new podcasts um, throughout the week um, don't forget i'm not the only one who has podcasts on outside radio there's Leletu with Curring It Up on Tuesdays. There's a podcast, Yamachita, The Treachery on, on Wednesdays. And then Thursday, we have a really cool, chilled music show with Usbo Siso. And then Friday, of course, our girl Momo is here with the music mix, the best of the best music during um, this time to get your weekend started so do follow us on instagram and our different um, streaming platforms so you can be in the know thank you very much everyone until next time 